The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Good morning, Isabel. Good morning, Fiona. Uh, how are you and baby, first of all? Three. She's currently napping, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got the monitor in front of me just in case she suddenly wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully she doesn't for the duration of the call. I know, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, Isabel, um, just when you had your baby, what was the experience like? Um, awful. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was really hard. Dara was born in February and she was my first. So mm. it's very scary already when you're going into labour on your first baby. You've no idea what's ahead of you. You think you're prepared and you try and prepare as best you can, but you're not. Um, you And basically, I went in on Monday. I had to be induced as I was 10 days overdue. Had to say goodbye to my husband in the car park. And basically, that was it. Didn't Went in on Monday and... Uh, had to go in, be induced, everything like that, uh, all on my own. It was scary enough. Mm. Uh, you don't know what's going on. It's quite upsetting. I, I basically started bawling the minute I walked into the hospital because yeah. I just wanted my partner to be there with me, my husband, and he couldn't. And I just had to update him as best I could. And I was there overnight. And Dervla wasn't born until Tuesday evening. I um, I had to go through a lot to get to the very end. And the weird, the awful thing is that I got to go out to my husband twice, um, which was Monday night. I went out to the car to him, and again, then after they broke my waters, I was allowed out to him again because they asked you to walk around and stuff like that. Mm. And as great as it was, it was just so frustrating as well. Where I'm like, how am I allowed out and see him and sit in the car with him, but he can't come in with me until I'm sent up to the labour ward, essentially. And I think that was just really hard to take, you know, it was a hard pill to swallow. And in the end, I had to have an emergency C-section. My husband was allowed in when I got an epidural first and he was allowed in when I was allowed to get the epidural. And then I had to get an emergency C-section. He was allowed in for that. That was fine. We were in the recovery ward afterwards. He was allowed for, I'd say, 45 minutes to an hour max. He was there and then it was time for us to go. And which, you know, we were expecting, we knew it was going to happen. Mm. But even when we were leaving, I was holding Dervla, my daughter, in, we were in the trolley being wheeled away. And basically he was told, okay, you have to go that way now. And he didn't even get to kiss us goodbye. And by the time I even realised it, he was gone. Um, and that was on Tuesday evening. I'm actually getting upset so thinking about You're it okay. now. Yeah. And that was Tuesday evening and by time. And that was it. Didn't see him again until Friday. So we had to, you know, FaceTime where we could. And even at that, like, I was in a room with another girl. And obviously with babies, they're they're sleeping loads. And you're very aware the girl next to you has a baby and you don't want Mm -hmm. to wake them. And trying to have a conversation with your husband and, you know, get them to see the baby and everything like that was really hard. And, you know, once I got over that, that was hard enough, you know, kind of, you know, traumatizing enough, kind of, you're there with a brand new baby, trying to figure everything out. And to top it all off then, um, the girl next to me tested positive for COVID. Um, and uh, they, they came into her and told her around 11 o'clock at night. And then they came into me half an hour later saying, she's tested positive and because you're in the same room, you're going to have to go down, you and your daughter, and into a separate room and into isolation, basically. Um, there was no room ready for us, so I had to wait till around 1 o'clock in the morning, pack everything up. Um, take her, me, bags, everything, go down to the room and this was on the second night and, you know, settled it and I don't think I really knew what was going on. I was just yeah. kind of still trying to get over the birth and recovery 
And by the time I got down there, I settled everything, unpacked everything. And I said, look, you know, try to make a positive, you know, a minimum room in my own, have my own bathroom. See it as a positive. I'm here till Friday, you know, just it is what it is. Nothing I can do. So we were there that night. And then the following day, the midwife came into us around 9 a.m., 10 a.m. saying, we're allowed back into ward. So Mm. I had gotten used to the fact that I was going to be in this room for three days. So then I had to go back and pack everything back up again. We'll get her already and everything like that and wait. And then, so I told that at 9am and it wasn't until around lunchtime. We're kind of just, you're just sitting, you know, you're hanging around waiting. You don't know what's going on. And I don't know what ward I was going into. My sister was dropping off clothes from for the baby and stuff for me. Um, and obviously, you know, they're not allowed in. They drop it off at the tent yeah. outside at the time anyway. And um, she was asking, you know, they were asking her, well, where I was in my room? I didn't know where I was going because I was moving rooms and everything like that. So it was just stressful in that case as well. And then when I finally brought back up, I was put back into the same room with the same girl who tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. And no reason, you know, nobody told me why or anything, like why I was being put back into this room. And like I found out off her that she said she had COVID from Christmas and she flagged with them with the hospital that you know there's a chance that the the traces will still be there and that she could test positive mm. um and it just um yeah and it did happen and that was the case and everything but like i wasn't told any of this and i was kind of like i was worried then going why am i going back into room with a girl who's tested positive and it was just really scary and upsetting mm. and you know at that stage then i was that was thursday i think at that stage and i was just oh i was just ready to go home ready like you know home. and it was just so upsetting and it's traumatic and you're trying to look after a little baby on top of it and, you know, you just don't know what's going on. And for your husband then as well, Isabel, obviously you were going through this traumatic experience inside the hospital, but for him, um, yeah. it must have been very hard for him to be at home knowing that you were going through this. He it couldn't be there to so help you hard. and he couldn't bond with his baby then as well. No, and like it was so hard for him because he, he said like he literally, he went, like my parents dropped him home because you know he was essentially up all night and just you know it was just too unsafe to you know go home and drive you know we just didn't want to take the risk so we left the car there and he got left home from my parents after she was born that evening and um, he said it was just he just got home and he was just sitting there in an empty house and you know it was just so hard for the three days and especially when I was getting moved he didn't know what was going on and I was trying to update him as best I can and he found it very upsetting from that point of view you know, he's looking at videos of Dervla, but it's not the same, you know. And like, even when she, when we got home on the Friday, like she was like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> you know, yeah. she didn't have a clue. You know, he was like, "Oh, you take a break now." But sure, she had a meltdown straight away. She didn't know who he was, <laughs> you know. And it was just, it was just so hard and traumatic. Like, like obviously, you know, the midwives and you know, catering staff, they're all, you know, they're fantastic and they're doing everything mm. they can from their end. Obviously, you know, they were fantastic to to me and, you know, really tried to comfort me when I was really upset and everything like that. But it's not the same. It's not your partner, you know. Mm. And that's it. I think, like, you know, it has to be said that the staff in places like CUMH have been doing Trojan work and everybody Absolutely. acknowledges that. But it's just, are you surprised that you had your baby Dervla back in February? Are you surprised that we're still in a situation now where we're still talking about it? I know, I am. And like, to be honest, I remember when I was first getting my scans, you know, the midwife was like, Asher, come February, everything will be back to normal, you know, and I think everyone thought that of it. And if anything, you know, it was worse in February for me because like even for my husband, like he was stuck in the car. There was no outdoor dining even like, you Mm -hmm. know, obviously February would be freezing anyway, but still like 
you know, he couldn't go and sit down somewhere and have a cup of tea even. You know, he was literally stuck to the car. He couldn't, like, we live out in Crosshaven, so he didn't want to take the risk of being a bit far out in case things progressed quickly for me. And, like, my parents would live close to the hospital in Blackrock, but, you know, he couldn't stay with them because of COVID. No one was vaccinated and we didn't want to take, we couldn't take that risk either. Mm. So he couldn't stay with any of my family just in case from that point of view but it was just it was just so disheartening it was just so it was really tough and it's it's still traumatic you know it's still you know I, I'm i in a group with mums and a lot of them you know even those who had second or third babies just you know are still going to, you know not handling it well and mm. finding it really hard to get over it all you know um, it was it's it's so tough and I just think Partners aren't visitors, you know, they're, they should be there for the labour. And especially since, you know, if, God forbid, if my partner did have COVID and I was, I was allowed out to him twice already and sit yeah. in a car with him. So what's the difference, you know? And I know exactly. they're trying their best and they need to keep staff safe and everything like that. But I think at this stage now, you know, partners should be allowed in and they should be there for the birth for you know not at the very end they should be there from the beginning allowed in and support their partner Indeed Isabel listen thank you so much for taking our call on the Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM this morning Cork's 96 FM